deep contentment, joy, and confidence in my everyday life with God. And by the way, I just said that. I didn't read it like I have it memorized. There is no reason for you to out me on reading it when I first started. Come on. Distorted thinking patterns where people are believing the wrong things and living out of that. I can't read stuff anymore. (laughs) Oh my God. Who came up with the idea of putting small print instructions on everything? Everything. You're much more kind than I am because (laughs) when I'm mad at you, I'm like, God, why is this woman in my life? (laughs) Wow. We want to get to a place where we have that conviction, where we've moved from, what have you done for me lately, God, to, I trust you, you are real, this is real, and I will If I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy, and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains, but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it, but if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Three things will last forever, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. Amazing. (laughs) Welcome, everyone, to the Holy Authentic Life podcast. We are so glad that you're joining us today. Oh, my goodness. I just had to share this verse. This, well, verses. Yeah. You know, last week we started this two-part mini-series within a series. Oh, my gosh. You know, we're building a wall. We're building our Holy Authentic Life. Yes. And love is such a huge part of that. It is the central thing around which we build our lives. And last week, because it was Valentine's Day, we talked about romantic love. And this week, we're shifting gears a bit to talk about the other kinds of love that are taught in the Bible. I'm glad we're talking about this because I don't know if all of our listeners have ever heard the different types of love before. The English language does us no favors with just having the one word love. So what's happened over time in our culture is that some of these other types of love have really been undercut and attacked and twisted. I think it's just good to recognize how culture has hijacked Mm -hmm. the word love. And I was in Walmart the other day, and I'm walking down the Valentine aisle, and it's just all of this hug me, kiss me, baby, I'm yours, and all this stuff that's like commercialized. And I just walked away going, I'm not buying any of that. Yeah, it's the Charlie Brown problem. Oh my gosh. I was, how did you know I was thinking that? We've been married long enough (laughs) that we share the same brain. I saw like that whole Christmas one where Snoopy's even gone into it and he's like decorating his house. Even my own dog, (laughs) man's best friend, has gone commercial. That's exactly it. It just cheapens it somehow. And it does. It, it just removes the good stuff from it. And it, it does. And it makes it so shallow and blah. 
So if you haven't listened to last week's podcast, <laughs> we would highly recommend you yeah. go back and catch that right. because it's all about romantic love and how we can experience the best version of romantic love. Right. And kind of take it back, like yes. not letting culture define it for us, but us letting God's word define it for us. Yes. Which is exactly what we're going to do today as we jump into a broader picture of love and look at all of the types of love that are in the Bible. Yeah. We experience them. We do. They we just, exist. We just yeah. don't have a different word for them. Yeah. Or maybe you never knew. It didn't ever click for you. So, first of all, one of the easiest kinds of love to talk about is familial or family love. Immediately when I say that, I am taken back to the birth of our first child. Oh my gosh. And this overwhelming sense of love and care and devotion that if you've never experienced it, I can't hardly explain it. <laughs> I was but say. if you have, if yeah. you have had a child, Mm-hmm. I had nine months to get ready for it, right? <laughs> and yet, yeah. in that moment, to see my son just laying there, all of a sudden say, I love this child. Yes. It is a love that is so much bigger than me. Nothing can take that away. And I remember feeling guilty. I remember that conversation and I was clueless. Like, what? I did not understand what I you were I saying. I felt guilty because I thought, <laughs> oh my goodness, I think I love my child more than I love Tammy. <laughs> Why is that? It was immediate too. Like, I remember us sitting there in the hospital room and you trying to verbalize these feelings and I didn't quite get it. I know. You're... <laughs> You're in no position. I mean, you just experienced the most wonderful pain of your life. You're exhausted, oh, that man. whole process. And then your husband's sitting there saying, I don't understand this, but I think I love our child more than I love you. And I'm, Thanks so much, honey. That's exactly what I needed to hear from you. Right? Well, and it's oh. it's that way because what we have, the love we have is something we have built I do have that same familial love with you, mm -hmm. but I didn't know how to really even develop it at that time. Yeah. After experiencing it with our children, it's been something that I have really learned to go there and know that love in my heart and give that to you as well. And so it's this amazing, amazing kind of love. Yeah. And when you talk about familial love or that family, like just having that connection is so big. It's such a, a wonderful thing to oh, experience. And I think recognizing that it is a love that is self-sacrificing. Yes. That, you know, I think that's one thing I've noticed in my journey of being a parent is that I'm learning how to give when maybe I don't want to. I don't want to change a diaper. I don't want to do laundry, <laughs> but I did it. I would overcome that selfishness in order to provide what my children needed. I think that's why it sort of comes on you just suddenly mm -hmm. and it's there. Yeah. Because a child needs to be held. It needs to be loved. And yes. as that is provided, it does so many things for their brain as oh they are goodness. developing. Yes. The way they think about themselves, how they understand that they are valued. Because we're leading our children into understanding that their value comes from God. Yes. But the way that they experience that first 
is in how we love them That's right. and show them that love. It's the attachment piece that we have talked about before. And it's their stages of development. Mm-hmm. They're learning trust versus mistrust. And if they get their needs met, then they feel like the world is safe and it's secure. And they have that feeling like, okay, now I'm ready to explore as they get older yes. because they have that circle of security that they need when they're younger. And so each stage kind of builds upon the next. And so this is right. And we experience that. And it hasn't been perfect. I mean, we've done things right. We've done things that we wish we had done differently and all of that along the way. But that has been such a part of our journey. It has. And there is this part of that familial love that we have for our kids that helps us engage over and above our selfishness. Oh, yeah. Right. And I think the one piece, if you're in this phase, we have young children of advice I'd give that I felt like I didn't do very well is have time where someone else you trust can watch your kids and maybe you and your spouse go on a date night or you have some time. That's good. Even maybe some soul care, self-care time. I know you used to recognize it in my face. Like you could tell when I was just done. Right. And you would say, oh go, gosh. go run. <laughs> you know, I think of the day. Oh my. That I came home and we just had Jared. And the look on your face was, I'm done here. (laughs) And I think he had spit up. I think you both had changed clothes like five times, bathed him twice. It was just not a good day. No. No. And it's a beautiful thing that God bestows that love on us. Mm, And that's such a powerful thing because it does. It gets us through the hard moments. It gets us through our mistakes and helps us come back and want to build something better that we then can look our children in the eye and we can say, you know what? I made a mistake. And it was always one of my biggest fears, actually, as a dad, that I would do something that would misrepresent God's love for my kids. That as a dad, when I failed Mm -hmm. and I didn't demonstrate love in the right way, that somehow they would say, maybe God's love is flawed too. That was so important then that we come back and we talk And we acknowledge our mistakes, that we're not perfect, and we don't have perfect love flowing out of us like God does. Yeah. Those have been some of the most special moments that we've had with our children over the years. Wow. Honest, (laughs) open conversations. It's so good. I I just love your vulnerability here to talk about, you know, and it's been a journey. I mean, oh my gosh, I I look back to the younger parent version of me and I'm just like, who was that? Yeah, we are all in this (laughs) together. (laughs) Yes, I feel it. Yeah. Well, that's that's really cool. Yeah, but familial love is a huge part. And I just hope that some people listening might say, you know, I wish I had that as a kid and maybe I didn't. And that's where the body of Christ comes in for Mm. every believer. Absolutely. And that that is the same love that we are to have with other Christians and fellowship together. Yeah. Let's talk about that as we transition from familial love. Yeah. We also have this love that we would call friendship love. In the book of Acts, as the church was coming together, one of the main things they devoted themselves to was fellowship, building friendship kind of love that is kind of a combination of, hey, dude, I'm your friend, and we're becoming family. 
And the best example we have of that in the Bible is David and Jonathan. Oh, yeah. They gave us the perfect example Mm -hmm. of what friendship love really looks like. I just think that's such a rare quality Mm -hmm. nowadays with friendships so easily discarded that it feels like one moment you're friends, the next you're enemies. So we've adopted this term frenemy. And we experience that, unfortunately, all too often in this type of friendship relationship, because I just don't think that many of us have somebody who has our back like Jonathan had David's. We come into friendship with doubt. And so therefore, we don't give that kind of love to them. Yeah, I always say in my counseling office when I'm working with especially young people and they're struggling with friendship issues is you can't control the other person, but you can control yourself. So what kind of friend are you being in your relationships? Mm -hmm. Are you kind? Do you forgive? Do you laugh? Do you share? Are you developing those qualities that you're looking for in a friendship? It's that idea of if you want to have friends, be a friend. Yes. And it's so true because it's so easy to be focused on other people and where they fail or you're seeing their mistakes without focusing on yourself and going, gosh, well, I really hadn't acted in the best way Mm. in my friendships. And I need to be the kind of friend that someone that I'm looking for is looking for. Yes. And don't let the world hijack this kind of love from your life. Culture doesn't need to rob us from same gender relationships that are based in this type of love, which is friendship. Right. Well, they're just sexualizing friendship. Right. Why we have to bring that into friendship love, I don't understand. Yeah, it's very confusing. And unfortunately, I think they've elevated the eros love or sexual love as the highest form of love. And that's not true. You say they've elevated it to be the highest form of love. In some ways, they've elevated it to be the only form of love. And just saying, no, that isn't the truth. And I'm not going to listen to culture. Yes. I want to take it back and say, what does God say about love? And what does the Bible say? And how am I to view it? And how can I educate myself on if I feel certain feelings towards different people that it's good? I have good love for my friends. I have good love for my family. I ha- and that doesn't make me question right. who I am or how I'm made. There you go. Exactly. Because we are made in God's image. And so that's how we have a capacity to even love and not be so selfish and narcissistic our whole life. Yes, (laughs) for sure. Well, let's go ahead and bring up the next kind of love, which we use the word eros. It's the Greek word, Mm -hmm. marriage love or romantic love. Right. It is part of the love God created. Yes. But it is reserved for that one relationship of marriage where you and I develop this deeper love, all of that that we talked about last week. Right. This is another aspect of love, but it's only one type of love. Right. And to get it mixed up in friendship love, honestly, forces a lot of people to push away those friendships and never get as close as they could be because they don't keep it in the right perspective of, I am developing a deep friendship. Yes. And that's important. And this Eros love is not a part of that. No. Not at all. It's reserved for one relationship. 
I always think back to the Lord of the Rings and the relationships that you see Tolkien writing about with some of the characters. And you see these different aspects of love really clearly displayed because you can see Legolas and Aragorn and or Legolas and Gimli, their friendship. You know, you can see Sam and Frodo and their friendship. Their willingness to lay down their life for one another. Exactly what Jesus said. Yes, is the highest form of love, right? Greater love is no one than this, yeah. than he lay down his life for his friends. friends. That's it. I love how that defines what we're talking about in, in my mind. Mm-hmm. I see it so clearly. Yes, you can see that Tolkien understood the different types of love. Yes. And they didn't overlap. They didn't, no. They had that depth, that closeness without becoming something that they were never intended to be. Right. It wasn't twisted. It was deep in every aspect, but it wasn't getting things confused. It felt like this is the design, the way it's supposed to be. And I hear you talking about like David and Jonathan and that kind of friendship. And I'm like, gosh, there's something in my heart that just loves seeing that example of Mm -hmm. a true friend and someone who would be willing to sacrifice. I mean, Jonathan should have been king. Mm-hmm. And yet he lays down his right to the throne to give to the Lord's anointed. Okay, when do you see that? I mean, that's <laughs> just so rare. Yeah. And I think you used the right word when you said, so often all of these different types of love get confused. Yes. We have love for family. We have love for friends. We have love for spouse. Which leads us to the greatest kind of love, the kind of love that we read about when we first started today. Yes. And that is agape love. We sometimes call it God's love because it is the greatest kind of love. It's unconditional. It's perfect. It's pure. And we are also supposed to have this kind of love for other people, a love that is unconditional. That doesn't demand that others do something for us, that it's given freely and it comes from God. Wow. God is love. I mean, this is who he is. It isn't just an attribute of him. This is him. Yes. (laughs) And I think all of the types of love that we've talked about today are sort of drawn together in this agape love because all of them should reflect this unconditional kind of love and be built on the foundation of agape love. We talked about the ups and downs that sometimes go with family, that we talked about the ups and downs that sometimes go with friendship. And gosh, last week we spent a lot of time talking about the ups and downs (laughs) that go with marriage, right? Right. When the foundation of that Mm. is loving someone through the love we have for God, like we talked about last week, Mm -hmm. that I love God and He enables me to love you better. He enables me to love my family better. He enables me to love my friends better because His love, that agape love, becomes the foundation upon which all other love flows out of in our lives. Wow. And just that encouragement of as I am loved by him and I love him back, then I have that security. Mm -hmm. I have that solid rock under my feet that I'm secure with his love. And then I am more free to give love to others because I'm not so desperate. I'm not so needy. I'm not so insecure Mm -hmm. because I am feeling that security of his love that is constant. Mm-hmm. No matter what. I think that is huge. Yeah. What you just said, because 
I think God so often is saying, you're not going to lose my love. Oh, my gosh. There's nothing you can do Mm. to lose my love. I have been, yeah, and I've been camping out lately in Romans chapter 5. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Yes. And anytime I'm feeling discouraged or like I've made a mistake or I, I just, I get frustrated with myself or my reactions or whatever, I'm like, stop it. And I think about that verse and mm-hmm. I think about, well, actually that whole chapter and I'm like, I did not earn any of this by Mm -hmm. being good enough by getting it together it's because while i was still a sinner jesus died for me Mm -hmm. and just at the cross if i just will let that come in and receive that unconditional love he loved me (laughs) when i was his enemy sure there's just something that that does for my heart when i just keep letting that define Mm -hmm. my walk with him that he is never gonna give up on me he's never gonna He's here. And it's just, it sets me free. Yes. God wants us to hear that and know that deep within the depths of our heart. Just like we as parents, we want our kids to know that same thing. Oh, I love that. That when they make mistakes, we love them. And when we love them through their mistakes, Mm. they begin to trust that that love is never going to go away. That's how God loves us. He loves us through our mistakes, in spite of our mistakes. And so if we want that with our children, how much more does the God who love is his character, is his nature, how much more is that true of him? Man, it's just, it's so liberating. It sets us free. And when we are getting our needs met in Him, then we're able to give to others more freely Mm -hmm. because we're not looking for so much to get back from them. We kind of let our loved ones off the hook Mm -hmm. because I'm not trying to control you anymore. I'm not trying to make sure everything goes according to my plans because I'm met in my heart of hearts. My love is met with God's love and he fills me up. He fills my tank. Yes. And I think it's good for us to really come around what you read out of 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Yes. Just real quick outline of this to say to people, when you read this, the characteristics of the kind of love that not only does God have for us, but the kind of love that is the foundation for every single kind of love in our lives We see these characteristics. There's three of them, and I'm just going to say them. Go ahead. Love gives, love forgives, and love keeps on giving and forgiving. Wow. Say those again. Love gives, Mm -hmm. love forgives, and love keeps on giving and forgiving. Those are easy to remember. and (laughs) should be. (laughs) And it does sound like, gosh, that's the kind of relationships that I need in my life. Like Mm -hmm. I want to be that for others and I want others to be that for me. Let's be honest. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So as we look at that, I mean, so simple, the words patient and kind, not jealous or boastful, not holding something against us. Mm -hmm. It's not irritable, does not demand its own way. All of these characteristics, that's the way our love for others should be, giving and not taking. Gosh, it's so opposite the me culture. This isn't the kind of love that we just automatically do or know about. No, we're not born with this understanding, even though God's love for us is perfect. Yes. And maybe, maybe not. We see it modeled well from our parents. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But yet there's still this opportunity to learn 
Right. How to give, how to not be selfish, how to, you know, all these things that we were talking about. Patience, kind of not jealous or boastful or proud or rude, doesn't demand its own way. Like every one of these characteristics, we really say, yes, sign me up. I want to be that. Mm -hmm. But it isn't something that comes without learning it and developing it and praying for it. God, help me to be more like you. It develops over time. These these are character virtues that we are learning. And we want to be more like God in these areas. We want to be patient and kind and giving and forgiving. Mm -hmm. And so getting back to our outline, love gives. And then secondly, love also forgives. Yes. Such a (sighs) huge, important part of how we love others, whether that's family, friends, marriage. Yeah, it's so true. And God has already forgiven us. Mm. There are times we develop an anger or a misunderstanding of God. Right. And to say that we need to forgive God in some ways almost implies that he's done something wrong. And so I don't know that that's the right terminology, but it's coming to understand truly who he is and what he has done, where then we let go of whatever anger or bitterness or misunderstanding that we have in our relationship with him. If that sounds like forgiveness, that's what forgiveness does too. Let's go of those things. Keeps no record of wrong. I exactly. Mean, that's what we're we're looking at. And it's funny because I can think about, I really want others to forgive me. Why is it so hard for me to forgive them? And sometimes it is. It's tough. We want to hold on to our list of all the ways that we've been hurt or wronged. And it's like, no, let it go. There might be some work that needs to be done in this area. But I do say that, gosh, you have to have forgiveness in order to sustain long-lasting relationships. I'm glad you said that there may be work that needs to be done here. And there are lots of really good resources out there. The Art of Forgiveness. Dr. Henry Cloud did a workshop on forgiveness, and there's just a lot when trust is broken, and that's another podcast for another time, I suppose. Well, and we've done a little bit of this before. If you look back through some of our podcasts from last season, Mm -hmm. we will try to post some of these resources for you to help you begin to work through this process, forgiving yourself, forgiving others, because it's such an important part of this foundational love that we have. And Jesus even included this in the Lord's Prayer. Yeah, something that (laughs) how many people quote that on a regular basis? Right. It is a part of being in relationship because we're not going to get it right all the time. No, we're not. To have that expectation that those we love are always going to get it right, well, that's unrealistic because I don't even get it right all the time and I'm working hard. At the same time, it's just a part of it needs to be a quality of our friendships and our relationships. Yeah. And that's why I think point number three in this little outline was that love just keeps on giving and forgiving where love never gives up. Okay. So it keeps on, (laughs) but it never loses faith. It's always hopeful. Hmm. And it's in that hopefulness of love that creates this continual cycle of giving and forgiving because I have hope that someone's life is going to get better. If, you know, there may be someone in your life, may, friend, family, whatever, someone that constantly mistreats you. And right now, they're at a point where they don't even see it. They don't think they're doing anything wrong, but they are hurtful right. to you. Yeah. You would almost call it a toxic 
kind of relationship. Mm. But when we keep giving and forgiving and allowing that to just be on repeat in our lives, then we have hope that one day this person might change. But I'm not building my life around someone else changing. I'm just continuing to offer. Mm -hmm. I'm continuing to give. I'm continuing to forgive. Right. And as you talk about the ways that we forgive, we also want to be aware that if someone is mistreating you or something that is crossing a line. Right. Becoming abuse. Right. We're not saying, oh, just keep letting them, you know, let them run all over you. That's not what we're saying. No. In fact, I would say that whether it's abuse or someone's just mistreating you, you don't have to stay close in that relationship and continue to allow them to just, as you said, walk all over you. Right. We need boundaries. Yes. And yes. And healthy we'll, relationships. Healthy relationships. Yeah. yeah. But just because someone mistreats us doesn't mean we mistreat them back. We have to continue to be giving and forgiving. Right. Because that may be the very thing that will lead them out of their behavior toward a kind of love that we want to see in their lives. We have hope. We have faith. We have belief that love is that powerful because God is love. Yes. Love is that powerful that it can transform someone's life. That is the essence of of who God is and the way that he draws us out of our own like selfishness and things. His love for us happens every day. Yeah. In our lives. Absolutely. It it just gets me every time. I mean, he demonstrated his love. What did I say? Romans 5. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And when somebody that I haven't necessarily been super kind to, Mm. that's probably saying it really nicely just to get myself (laughs) off the hook, but... If I have not been kind, yeah, and someone comes back to me and is kind, mm. that just melts my heart. Yeah, melts whatever mm-hmm. was clouding my vision, whatever was clouding the way yeah, I was thinking. For sure, and that enables me to come to someone and say, "I'm sorry." Yeah, yeah, and that's real important. It is, and so I love these takeaways. I guess that love gives, love forgives, and love continues to give and forgive. I don't know about you, but learning about the different kinds of love, it's been a fun thing to talk about and so important as we are really committed to helping people build a wholly authentic life. Yeah, because all of this is about what is holding us together, right? Mm -hmm. In a lot of ways, in our relationships, in the support we have, in all of the connecting pieces that this is essential for your life and to have that vibrant and sustainable life in Christ. Yeah. And a lot of things we've been talking about over the last several weeks for building a wall, they're like different bricks that we put in the wall. Right. I think love is the cement. That holds it all together. Yeah, that's so good. And we want your cement to be strong. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) We don't want it to crumble. And so being able to talk about the different types in our culture, that's very confusing. I I hope this has been orienting for our listeners today. And that if you're listening to this and you've been like, I don't know, this is new, that's okay. Um, We hope that this introduction to these things is opening your eyes and helping you to see more clearly that this is the type of love that we were made to live in, that we were made to experience familial 
friendship, agape, eros, all of these characteristics, attributes that we've talked about of love, it's the way we were made in God's image to reflect his character of love in our relationships and in the ways that we treat others. And this is just a part of how we were made to live that holy, authentic life. We were designed by our Creator to have these types of relationships in our life so that we are secure in first His agape love for us. And then out of that flows all the other types of love for one another. Yes, when we experience His agape love, His character begins to be reflected in our character as we build a holy, authentic life in Christ. And that's beautiful. 